Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Can you believe it's December? 2019 is just about done. And I feel like we're probably all pretty deep in the holiday spirit. I know I am. Um, And with Christmas approaching, the idea of gifts, I think, are probably at the forefront of most of our minds, whether it's having to buy gifts or maybe just looking forward to receiving them. Uh, I personally, though, I look forward more to the giving of the gifts than the getting. There's just something about you know, going to the store, finding that perfect something for someone you care about, and then you give it to them and you see them just light up when they open it on Christmas. There's just, I don't know, you can't bottle that. (laughs) So, you know, do you, do you feel more generous around the holidays? Does that generosity bring you joy? I would assume it does. And, you know, if it does, well, why confine that joyful generosity to just December? Well, today we are joined by Melissa Hennant, who is the founder of Grace and Lace, um, a business Melissa believes gave, God gave her and her husband to serve as a platform to inspire others to dream big and beyond their wildest imaginations. You may recognize the name Grace and Lace if you're a Shark Tank fan. Um, they were on Shark Tank where they got a deal with Shark Barbara Corcoran. Melissa was raised with a heart and passion for giving back to others and being generous with what God has given her. So I couldn't think of a better person to talk with us today about being joyfully generous. So Melissa, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Jordan. So why don't we start off just by you sharing maybe a little bit more about Grace and Lace if people haven't heard of it. Um, you know, how did the company begin and where have you guys grown to over the years? Sure. Well, Jordan, I call Grace and Lace my accidental company. Um, And I mean, really, ultimately, with God, I believe that nothing is accidental. But I call it that because I didn't start out to start a business. Mm. Uh, Most people have, you know, they want to be entrepreneurs. They have a business idea. They, you know, jump headfirst into it. Um, For me, actually, our story stems from a tragedy. Um, And that was shortly after we were married. My husband and I, you know, desired to start a family. We wanted, um, more than anything, I wanted to be a mom. And uh, we really struggled to get pregnant. I had finally got pregnant after about a year and a half of trying and had a great, great pregnancy. And halfway through the pregnancy at a routine doctor's visit, my doctor suddenly looked at me and said, Melissa, you're going to give birth to your daughter in 24 hours and she's not going to survive. Mm. And that news was absolutely, um, completely earth shattering. Um, I was rushed into emergency surgery to save her and to save me and try to save the pregnancy and was told if the surgery is successful, that I would remain in the hospital for the duration of the pregnancy, potentially Mm. four months. Uh, Laying on my back there in the hospital, I was like, what do I do with my time? I'm confined to this bed. And I had learned how to knit and crochet and sew really early on. And I was like, well, I can work with my hands. So while on that bed rest, I started um, knitting and making baby blankets. And really that is the place when I look back, that is where Grace and Lace started. I had just um, loved working with my hands and loved creating. And unfortunately, um, our daughter, Hallie, she didn't survive. She was born too, too early, several weeks later to survive. But there on that bed, re- that bed in that hospital, God had birthed a dream in me of working with my hands. And I continued mm. to make and um, sew and, and crochet and knit. And uh, one day I just was inspired for to make a boot sock. Coming, I was born and raised in Minnesota where it's cold most of the year. <laughs> and um, I wanted a little bit, a sock to stick out of the top of my boots. And I made it and it was frustrating. It took hours and hours to make. I remember coming down the stairs, promising, telling Rick, I would ne- never make another pair of these socks again. <laughs> 
Well, fast forward uh, nine, uh, eight years later, and uh, I think we have now made like 500,000 pairs of that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so wow. <laughs> what, what came from tragedy turned into basically I'd, I'd made that boot sock. I wore it everywhere I went. People would stop and ask me where I got it. And um, my husband encouraged me just to put them up on my, I had a little, just little Etsy site, handmade mm-hmm. Etsy And um, anyway, they went viral. A business was born. That's why I call it my accidental company. I didn't start, <laughs> I didn't intend to sell or make any more of that boot sock. Um, so now, you know, here we are, I guess, eight years later, and we are a full women's apparel company. And like you mentioned earlier, Jordan, we were on Shark Tank, featured on Shark, Shark Tank about uh, three years into the business, two years into the business. Um, and it's just exploded. Um, mm. Now, when we spoke prior to this, um, something that you had said that I thought would be just really cool to have you expound on a little bit was how generosity has really just been a passion of yours since you were growing up. Like this is just something that you've always known. So what inspired that spirit in you? You know, I think that comes, um, really from how I was raised. I was raised in a Christian family. I actually come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My my grand, my parents are entrepreneurs, my grandparents are entrepreneurs, and my great-grandparents are entrepreneurs. And so I I think I kind of come came and was raised in this mindset that um, you know, we we have everything. Now we weren't always in, in terms of like, you know, massively successful or anything like that, but that I was raised under the the perception that there are a lot of people in this world that have a lot less than we do. And it doesn't matter how much we have. It matters how much we give from what we have. And that doesn't have to be of monetary value. It doesn't have to be of, um, you know, it can absolutely be giving of service. And so I think I was just raised in, in a home that encouraged that. And, you know, from a very young age, I'm, I'm just 13 years old. I, began traveling the world on mission trips and, um, you know, visiting the poorest of poor and ministering to them and um, realizing, you know, you can be a selfish teenager or you can realize that you have a lot, even if that, even if what you give is just love, you have it to give. Mm. So through Grace and Lace, have you, or I guess, how have you been able to continue fulfilling, I guess, that personal mission to help those less fortunate? Yeah, I, um, you know, my I, it would have been my senior year of high school. I spent my summer in India. And out of all the countries, I've been to 22 countries all over the world on mission trips. And out of everywhere I had been, I had never experienced such poverty as I did in northern India. Um, mm. I've never, I'll, I'll always remember walking into a Mother Teresa home. And there were babies in this orphanage with bottles strapped to their faces because there oh weren't goodness. enough workers to even feed them their mm. bottles. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, five, six and seven year olds that looked like they were two and three. They're just so malnourished mm. and belly so extended. And uh, I'll never forget sitting down and writing in my journal and just at that point saying, oh, my gosh, like, God, I've never seen this level of poverty before. Like, I need to come back here and do something. I need to do something more, I guess, is, is the words that I wrote. And as an 18-year-old, I would have never thought <laughs> that, um, you know, 20 years later that we would have a business that would be able to fund and support the building of orphanages in India. So mm. really, I've just taken that passion and my heart for giving and my ha- my heart for reaching the poorest of poor. And now I'm able to use it to the maximum. I mean, I like I said, giving 
Giving to me comes in all forms, from giving from love and attention and care to giving monetarily and supporting and funding. And I'm just so blessed that the Lord would give us this business that now is a platform financially that we can actually build and rescue orphans off the streets. Mm. I would have never guessed as an 18 year old that that's what my future would have held. Yet it's what I asked for and what I prayed for just in a much greater degree. Mm. And that must just feel amazing (laughs) to be able to experience that. It does. You know, I, this isn't about me. It's not a business about me or us Mm -hmm. or my family. It's just, I, we see it as an avenue of, um, of what God has given us. We're able to give back and do something greater. Mm, I love that. So thinking about being generous, um, and also thinking about you and just the probably overwhelming responsibilities that you have, how do you keep going on the days that you feel just worn down by like the daily grind? You know, how do you remain focused on this mission of giving back and just of being generous in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, Jordan, I can tell you it's not easy, uh, yeah. but you know, one of the things when we, shortly after we started the business and, um, you know, it, it exploded out of the gate and we realized mm-hmm. okay, this isn't just a hobby. Like I'm not just making socks for my neighbors anymore. Like thousands, I'm making socks for thousands of people. I knew very quickly on that the business, you know, that this was going to grow to the point that um, it not only would ha- would sustain others to be employees where we would have to pay people, um, but, you know, tying the business to something that was greater than ourselves. And mm-hmm. so I think those two things weigh heavily on me as an owner, but they're also the thing that drives me. I know that if I don't get up and I know if I don't design and I know if I don't go to my meetings and work with my design team every day, that one, we would have to stop paying all of the 70 employees that were here. <laughs> um, and two, now there's hundreds, we have rescued hundreds of orphan, orphans that rely on that for food, water, drink, housing, a bed to sleep on, and education. So I'm motivated by the eternal value, um, knowing that there are literally lives at stake. If this was just a business to me, if I was just clocking in and clocking out, if this was just for a paycheck, if this was just for... Um, you know, supported my own, you know, our, my own dreams and my own, own, you know, selfish desires, I feel like it would be easier to kind of, uh, you know, check in and check out. But this is like, I've got to be fully in and I'm fully committed to the cause. And I think that's what drives me. Um, that mm-hmm. mission, the mission behind, I'm not just a clothing line. I'm not just producing clothes. Like we're making yeah. eternal difference in the world. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like just speaking in a general term, you know, with being able to be joyfully generous, because Mm -hmm. I do feel like there is a difference between just being generous, you know, you can give and maybe not feel great about doing that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're able to be just joyfully generous and just open up your heart, you know, yeah, probably open up your wallet, you know, but even just open up your calendar, open up, you know, your, your free time, you know, and just give that back to people. You know, I think that's really the big differentiation between the two. And I think that's why, you know, being able to be joyfully generous. And it sounds like you've been super blessed where you can merge, you know, what you really want to do creatively and professionally with, you know, just wanting to be authentically and joyfully generous. Like that's such a cool opportunity. You know, and I'm sure there's plenty of people (laughs) who are listening who are like, man, I wish I could find that. Yeah. Yeah. So with Grace and Lace, um, 
do you guys have anything exciting coming up? Um, do you have any new initiatives going on overseas? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. Um, we've we currently have built um, and operated run uh, seven orphanages in India, including wow. a Freedom Home, um, which is on the India Nepali border. It's actually in Nepal, and that is an actual Freedom Campus. Uh, 20 acres that we have used to rescue young girls um, in the sex trafficking and the whole trafficking field from the border. Um, mm. so that has been a recent new adventure kind of transitioning from the orphans and rest- um, just in the business of rescuing people is what it's going to be. <laughs> but, um, to orphans and now really seeing, gosh, there is these girls that are just barely 12, 13, 14 that are in this trade that we're able mm. to rescue, bring into the home. They live for six months up to a year um, where they are ministered to and kind of go through a real deep healing process, obviously being in that mm-hmm. field. And then, um, and then we train them in a trade, um, jewelry making, haircutting, um, sewing, so that they are empowered with a skill to enter back into society. Um, and so that's been kind of a recent project for us. In addition, this December, we're opening five more orphanages. Wow. Um, and so that has been a big undertaking in addition to the seven that we have. But again, it's just something that is fueled from, you know, from a, a business that's just been thriving and exploding that we're able mm-hmm. to reach more and more. Mm. All right. I have to ask. So how does Barbara still be involved? <laughs> like, does she go with you guys? Is she planning on going with you guys? We, um, we're hoping that she can come on our next opening trip, not the des- this December, but the following one after that. She, um, she's very, well, I should say she's involved in our business, how much we want her to be, which is, okay. yeah. so she, um, we, you know, we have standing calls with her every month and, mm-hmm. um, meetings with her, but she, She's a real blessing to our business. We have, she's just a phone call or a text away, which is just weird to me when I think about that. You know, I'm (laughs) an investor. I would think I would have to like set appointments with her, but no, she is, she'll drop anything um, Mm. to pick up the phone and talk to us. And we've had to, um, you know, she's been there through a lot of hard questions, hard growth moments, um, things that were like, oh, how are we going to get past this? Um, You know, she's been able to, lean into. So, and she, she loves the heart and the passion, the mission behind it too. So more than anything, mm-hmm. I want to get her to India or Nepal, because I know that she would just, you know, for her to see the end result, mm-hmm. um, it adds that much more value, just like it does to me coming in yeah. the office every day. So, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to being joyfully generous, mm-hmm. um, just as we kind of get ready to wrap things up. So what advice would you give to someone who like I said, wants to be joyfully generous, but maybe isn't sure where to start or what to do. You know, how do you, how do you really live out this desire? Yeah. Well, it's hard to be generous when you don't feel like you have the means, you know, the funding mm-hmm. to be generous. Mm-hmm. Rick and I went through what a lot of people don't know about our story is that, um, you know, we were $80,000 in debt. Um, bad debt <laughs> um, for years before the business had started when Rick and I um, were dating and newly married. And, um, you know, but we never stopped giving. And we could have seen that as an opportunity of like, oh, well, we're in debt. We need to pay our debt down. We shouldn't give right now. And we shouldn't, you know, we're not in a place, you know, the excuses of we're not in a place to give to others. Like as soon as we get into a better financial place, we'll give. And I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have. Like they feel like 
um, they're not in the ideal situation for themselves. And I think that's even more of um, a prime opportunity for them to give out of what they do have. And like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be financially. I know that's a lot of a stretch for a lot of people, but you can be joyful in the giving that you can do, whether like you were mentioning Jordan before, whether it's your time in your calendar or, um, you know, giving, giving back or helping, you know, the needy in some way, or, you know, even volunteering in, in children's classrooms or things like that. Like, um, you'll find that joy comes when you commit to do it. If you set, if you're backed off and you're, um, well, I'm waiting for the right opportunity, the right opportunity is never going to come. You just got to keep jumping in where you can, even if that's painful for you um, in the moment. Mm, I love that. So is there anything else before we go that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Oh, gosh, just that. I mean, I, I guess just a little bit off of that, like even, um, you know, even if it doesn't seem like the right time, um, it's never going to seem like the right time. We were like $80,000 in debt. We could have made all the excuses in the world, um, but we chose and we know that God calls us to give and to be givers. And so, um, you know, step outside of that, of, of that pain, you know, out of that situation of yours and say, you know what, here are the areas that I can give. You'll find the joy comes when you just do it, when you just make it happen. Mm. Well, we're glad you joined us about this conversation about giving back and being a joyfully generous person. To all of you who have listened to the Work, Love, Pray podcast this year, the Forward team would just like to say a giant thank you. Your support of this podcast has meant the world to us, and we are excited for all that's coming in 2020, so stay tuned. For more information about this episode, please visit our website, forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org, and then click on podcast at the top of the page. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.